If you know me, you know I love high-quality clothes and occasionally a luxury item here or there, but I hate spending luxury prices, so I rarely buy anything really nice for myself. That was until I discovered Quince. They have so much good stuff for you guys. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices within reach. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Love that. It's also really important to me that the clothes I wear are created in a safe environment. And Quince only works with factories that use ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So obviously, I really love that. I bought a Mongolian cashmere sweater from Quince and no joke, I have worn it once a week, all fall and winter long. It's so soft, premium quality, and looks like I spent a fortune on it, but it was only 50 bucks. I've told all of my friends about Quint. I also love their men's line and have gotten some nice activewear and performance tees for Andrew that he loves. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash eastham for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eastfam to get free shipping and a 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eastfam. Here's the answer that I think we both agree with. Okay. When you're parents, two kids, you are teammates. You have to be able to ask your teammate for help. Yes. And you can't ever feel guilty about it. Yes. Period. I agree. Don't try to figure out the strategy of the war oh, while you're in the battle. You like look, that? No. You like that? Come on. I just came up with that. You're babe. just such a Do you think I'm like... I, you're a genius, babe. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today, for some reason, you have asked us to give you advice. That's right. I think it's going to be a fun one. I, I hope so. I feel like our number one role is we don't preach and we don't teach. So we're just going to give you our experience, whether it worked or not. Maybe it will help you. Yeah, we're going to be giving some fun stories. But I will say this. Sean does more research than any other mom that I've ever met. So you do have some really key insight. I'm excited Thank for you, you to share. Uh, so what happened is we asked you on Instagram what you wanted us to talk about as far as like advice. So how do you fly on a plane with babies or how do you, uh, what's your sleep routine? We're going to go through about a dozen, maybe like 15 different topics and give you what we've learned through them. Uh, before we get started, we do want to remind you that we are not counselors or therapists or really anyone who is trained in any professional <laughs> field. So Take this as our experience and not a prescription. That's right. But for those of you who have asked, here is our advice. Oh, boy. Let's jump into it. First on the table, babe, is someone asked mm. our advice on flying in an airplane with babies. Okay. This is funny because one of my best friends, Lauren Morford, that I grew up with, went to kindergarten with, asked me this exact question because she's doing her first flight with her baby of four months and there's just a, a lot here there's a lot to talk about i'll try to summarize quickly i'm excited what to pack you don't really have to pack anything out of the ordinary for a plane that you wouldn't just pack to like go to the zoo like you should pack milk if you're not breastfeeding or you're, snacks you're talking about pack a diaper bag for the plane yeah pack a diaper bag for the plane that includes the following a couple toys or distractions 
um, snacks, which you can also buy in the airport, and milk, or I mean, that kind of goes along with the snacks, milk, formula, whatever it is you need. Maybe take a pump if you need, if you're breastfeeding or pumping, anything like that. I would say feed a bottle of some kind, whether it's like a sippy cup or a bottle of breast milk or formula during takeoff and landing because it helps kind of adjust their ears. Mm -hmm. And one thought that I had is the planes in my mind are the best time to break out the iPad. I feel like if your kid is at the age where they appreciate that, hook them up with the iPad. They don't even need headphones or anything. It's just give them a screen to look at. My my main concern is like getting them through it somewhat distracted and in mm-hmm. a way that doesn't make your experience miserable because you have a screaming, a screaming kid, you know? I also think to a certain extent, try if you can to plan your flights kind of around the kids' schedules. So don't try to fly a red eye with your kid because they're not going to sleep. It just doesn't work that way. Don't like plan it. Like, oh, the plane's going to become their bed. Doesn't work. Kids don't like to sleep on planes. Plan it during the day so that when you get home, you can put them down for a nap or for bedtime and just expect that instead of resting on the plane, you're just going to be like interactive with your kids playing and distracting them the whole time. Yeah, I will say one thing I think you uh, skipped there was a bottle warmer. Uh, Back when you were like pumping, it was really helpful for Sean to have some type of way to, to warm bottles. If you don't have that, then you can ask the flight attendant for hot water. They make coffee on planes or like the restaurants in the airport have that too. I will say I ended up like investing in this like portable water warmer and it actually was just easier to ask the stewardesses for like hot water that I would put in a cup and set the bottle inside. So yeah. Or on the opposite side, if you pump, if you need to keep something cold, ask people for ice. Like, just ask for help. And then naps. uh, The way we handled naps with Drew on the plane, she was definitely off her normal schedule, but we just had her, I mean, that's when she had a meltdown was when she was tired and couldn't fall asleep because it was outside her normal environment. But she ended up falling asleep straddling Sean or Mm -hmm. like we just held her like in a cradle position and she seemed to do okay. Yeah, I, again, I think just understanding that, like, it's not your house and it's not a crib. So it's going to be different. Also pack lots of wipes because Drew had this thing where she wanted to just eat the seats. So, like, it's helpful to sanitize (laughs) things. Yeah, do that. To list a couple more things. Okay, so if you are traveling with an infant, um, we don't have to go into explanation, but Mamava, M-A-M-A-V-A, is an app you can download. It will show you... Anywhere in the country where there is like a nursing, pumping, or mm-hmm. mom station, which really helps. Like I, I use that to find a place at a baseball stadium, like close to a gas station, on in an airport, all these things. And then Milk Stork is something that I used a lot. Um, it's kind of pricey, but it actually is really awesome to use. It's a way to kind of ship and travel with a ton of breast milk if you're pumping or trying to travel with that. Can you talk about breast milk through TSA? Breast milk through TSA. So we'll try to link down below the like sheet that I have, but there are TSA laws that protect breast milk and mamas. Um, You are allowed to travel with breast milk through TSA um, at like up to a hundred and some ounces. So not just like your four ounce bottles Mm. of liquids, like shampoo and conditioner. You can travel to with up to like a hundred. Um, your breast milk does not have to be x-rayed and does not have to be open and opened and tested. So 
yes, I posted something on social media a while ago about my TSA experience. I kind of got in an argument with a TSA agent because they wanted to open every single container and actually physically test the liquid. Uh, that is not a law. So you don't have to. So you just have to kind of voice that. They just have to do extra screening on you and all the bags that you're carrying. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was strollers, which we've tried all the strollers out there. The two that we prefer are the Upper Baby. That's pricey, obviously, but um, I like that one. It's larger and bulkier. But for an airport, it's helpful because it has a little undercarriage where you can throw mm -hmm. bags and it just, there's so much clutter when you're going through an airport or yeah. on a plane with kids that it's nice to have one spot to, to keep things. And then the other is the Duna, is that right? The Duna. Where it's like a car seat and stroller in one that just kind of folds up really nicely. That's, that's nice to be portable. And we've taken jet on the airplane in the Duna, which works out well. So that's kind of my high level thoughts. If you have deeper questions, just mm -hmm. DM to us and we're happy to answer. We will lot more that we could go there's through. a lot that goes into it <laughs> but are. if i had to summarize it it sounds overwhelming initially you'll get there you'll do it once it'll be a little stressful but then you'll realize you know what this is totally doable and my life doesn't need to be planeless for the rest of my uh child rearing years planeless because you know? it um, is overwhelming but it, it is, is overwhelming however for anybody who's gone on a long road trip that's overwhelming it's no different it's just rip the bandaid off. It's a plane. And it's, it's just something new. And, and crush if your it. kid has a meltdown on the plane and someone has an opinion or gives you a face. I will say I used to, I used to get somewhat annoyed by crying kids on planes. Now I just have empathy for the parents. I like, just want to go over and be like, do you want me to take them? Yeah, like, do you I, I know that you're stressed and yes. nobody wants this. You know, whenever I look at pictures of our kids from the past year, I'm amazed at how fast they're growing up. Oh my gosh, me too. And we've been doing a deep dive into old photos lately. Sometimes the thought hits me hard that I'm getting older too. And this has led me to think a lot about the legacy I want to leave behind, what kind of parent I want to be, and things like our family's financial security. We've been talking a lot about this recently and are excited to share that Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to get the protection that's right for your family. Life insurance doesn't have to be some big confusing topic. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. 10 minutes is crazy fast. Plus it's all online and on your schedule. No appointments, scheduling, or piles of paperwork. Just apply when it's convenient for you. This is the first company I've heard of where you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required, and they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash eastfam. That's meetfabric.com slash eastfam. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash eastfam. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. We'll also link it down below, and let's get back to it. Okay. Anyway. Next one. I'm going to do the next one on my own okay. because Andrew and I got in an argument last time we tried to film this um, podcast because of this one. And we had the same answer. I don't know why we kept using the wrong words. How to ask your husband or spouse for a break with the kids. I'm a stay-at-home mom, and he works all day long, so I feel guilty asking him to help. Here's the answer that I think we both agree with. Okay. When you're parents, two kids, you are teammates. You have to be able to ask your teammate for help. Yes. And you can't ever feel guilty about it. Yes. Period. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Next one. <laughs> 
Relationship advice for when a partner is suffering with anxiety or depression. Okay, so I was super anxious when I was trying out for the NFL, just like from, it was like performance anxiety. Anytime I had practice, I would be locked up. Mm -hmm. You remember that? I do. And Sean was so encouraging. She was patient. She wasn't trying to jam anything down my throat or tell me, hey, it's okay. You got this. She was just there for me and actually didn't need to say really anything. Mm -mm. Um, Maybe my love language is touch, but like if it felt like you just holding my hand and being with me Mm -hmm. was your way of showing support. So like, even though you are solution oriented and you did want to like, Hey, let me throw this psychologist at you or this, um, uh, solution at you. Like you were just there and you let me do it. And it didn't, cause I feel like there's a world that exists where the other person's so anxious about Mm -hmm. trying to help the other person with anxiety that it just kind of snowballs the effect. So just try to be a calming presence is what works for me. You did a great job at that and I'm appreciative of it. I think anxiety and depression or anything when it comes to mental illness in that category um, can always feel very isolating. They can always feel like, oh, they just don't understand or, oh, they're just not going to get it. And I think as a spouse, the best relationship advice I was given is just love them and be there for them. Don't be like, don't think to yourself, oh, it will pass. It'll be fine. No, like like Andrew said, be there with them. And you don't have to try to fix it. But just make sure your spouse knows no matter what it is they're going through, it will be like, it'll be okay and we'll be together. Yeah. That being said, usually it is a phase, right? Yeah. And now I look back on that phase of our life with fond memories. Like even though in the in the middle of it, it was torture and I wanted out of that situation so bad. I'm like, wow, what a special time of bonding for Sean and I to get to know each other in a different way. So if that was you that asked that question, you got this. Next up, the question is, or the statement is, the first year as first-time parents, they're struggling Mm -hmm. to not fight all the time. Hmm. The first few months is a grind. Mm -hmm. I talk about this all the time. Uh, There's just so many new logistics introduced. There's so many new stress points um, where you have this baby who like needs care and each parent is coming at it from different cultural backgrounds and different, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, role like parental roles. And also you have the fact that every day you wake up probably earlier than you were expecting to (laughs) like at 3 a.m., and you're not waking up to like a calm alarm clock. It's a crying baby that wakes you up. And for us, we have sound machines and you're trying to have this, <laughs> this conversation. You can't yeah. hear each other. Uh, there's a, and it's a, probably a poopy diaper is your first <laughs> action that you have to change. There's just a lot of like variables that are new and you haven't done before. So fighting there, there will be some conflict, but as long as you're going through the conflict with the mindset of Hey, you know what? We're we're two parents who have really different unspoken expectations. And the goal of this conflict is to try to get us closer to being on the same page. Mm-hmm. You're going to be fine, right? And there is hope. I think I would like I think of it like this. So, when you get married, when you get engaged and married, you spend quite a bit of time figuring each other out. Like it takes years to be like, "Okay, I'm the clean one. You're the dirty one. This is how we're going to compromise. This is how we're going to like do life together. You le- you start learning that through the dating phase and everything. But then when you have a kid, instead of having the luxury of figuring a kid out over the course of years, 
you have to figure a baby out in the course of days. Like you have to figure out, is that a hungry cry? Is that what, whatever it is. And I think because you both love that kid so much, it just makes tension really, really high. So I would say reiterate your affection to your spouse in the early phase Mm. and kind of don't say anything else (laughs) and know that it's a phase and it, it will, it's just a season. It'll go, it'll come and go. Um, but it's also like the greatest season ever. So honestly, I feel like you and I are just exiting that mm-hmm. season where Jet's now nine months, and we we tell each other all the time through that new baby phase, like, "Hey, we're a team," mm-hmm. you know. And it's good to remind each other of that because there's so many variables that are that are happening. But a couple of things that come to mind are remind each other that you know how this fight ends, and that's with you two still married. Remind each other that you love each other. Yes. That you are still each other's number one, that you're on the same team. I think because it's such a new world and so foreign to both of you, it's terrifying and you have to know that like you're in it together. Yeah. And also try not to try not to think of the strategy of the war while you're in a battle. Does that make sense? You love your analogies. I do. Here's why. Don't if, if there's a crying baby, don't try to be like figuring out the the big picture um, solution that you want to move forward with. It's like get through that immediate situation and then you can be like, hey, can we talk tonight about what we want to do with how long we're going to let the baby cry? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's just a way more effective way to actually move forward with figuring out a solution than trying to do it while the baby's crying. So. Mm-hmm. Don't try to figure out the strategy of the war oh, while yeah. you're in the battle. You like love, that? No. You like that? Come on. I just came up with that. You're babe. just such a Do you think I'm like... I, <laughs> you're a genius, babe. <laughs> okay, uh, next one. The next one. Oh, boy. How to know if your best guy oh, friend gosh. likes you. This question is so frustrating to me. The Why? guy, I think, you got to shoot your shot. It's like, if if a guy likes someone, or if you like someone, I feel like it should be made known. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I I don't know. Mm. I don't think that there are platonic relationships where <laughs> a boy can just be a friend with a girl. I just don't. In my experience, that hasn't been. Controversial. I know. I know. Hot take. But more than likely probably does like you. I have the conversation. Be like, hey, I wanted to touch base. I know that's, that's like dicey because you could damage the relationship but like am i reading this situation wrong i think it's probably all very gray lines because it's like you obviously like each other enough to be friends for some reason right yeah so then what's stopping you from admiring the person more exactly my point i i'm exactly my point uh i am a big fan of candid and crucial conversations so do you think there's a world in which friendships can exist where it's kind of been like addressed and it's like, yeah, but this isn't going to ever be a thing. So can we be friends? Mm. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. Maybe. Do you have any girl friends, girls who are friends? Well, we work with almost exclusively girls. <laughs> So, so what I, are you saying? Am I cool with them? Are they? Yes. But like, am I going to call Lexi up and be like, hey, you want to go on a 
walk just you and I to the park? No. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, but like your friends. Would you be down for that? No. <laughs> Lexi's like, no. That's what bro. I'm saying. It's like there's this just not. But you would consider Lexi a friend. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I think it can exist. It just. There's levels. I I think to a certain extent, hear me out on this thought. Here we, we go, Sean. Edit all this out. We need. <laughs> I think every relationship that happens, like friendship or more, s- immediately starts out with like, could this person be a spouse or like a, a, a whatever? This is getting wild. I love it. I love. I, think I love like, it. I think it's Lexi's mortified. I think it's like subconscious though, because it's like you just like decide immediately, and all of a sudden it's like we're friends or bros. That's funny. I think there's probably a, a large group of people that would agree with you. I think there's a filter there. All right. Well. Lexi's mortified. If that was you that asked the question. Lexi, did you filter my husband? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Sean, I got a question for you. Okay. What is it? On a scale from chug to sip, <laughs> how would you rate your hydration style? Um, Interesting question. I would say I'm a sip girl. I sip on my coffee for literally hours and sip on water throughout the day. What about you? I would say I'm a chug type of guy, yeah. no doubt. But whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. I actually really love liquid IV, especially since nursing bear. I feel like I'm always thirsty. I like that it's sugar free and it's fun to sip on throughout the day. The flavors are really good. And I've loved having a flavored drink rather than just water in my cup. My favorite flavor is the lemon lime and Sean loves strawberry and tropical punch. It's crazy to me that one stick in 16 ounces of water has three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks and eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Yes, sir. That's why they say it hydrates better than water alone. However you hydrate, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code EASFAM at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code EASFAM at liquidiv.com. Next question (laughs) is, next topic, I should say. How to encourage your family and kids to eat healthy. My gosh, this is topical. Should I take this one? Hit it. Okay, I have a lot of, this could be an entire podcast. How to encourage your family and kids to eat healthy. It's very simple. By example, you don't preach it. You don't overemphasize it. You don't make it consequential. Sure. You don't make it like a do this and not that. You don't associate status, like nothing. Just do it by example. That's it. Yeah, you're really big on not making it guilty or shameful. No, never. <laughs> yeah. It should never <clears throat> be, we can't eat candy because it's bad for you. No, it's like, yeah, we can eat candy. But I'm going to, I'm going to lead by influence to our kids that that shouldn't be your entire regimen of food a couple of things that i've noticed sean has done is because i came from a family i ate like bowls of cereal growing up pretty mm-hmm. much that was like my breakfast and lunch and then we would do candy dinners where like the boston baked beans were the beans and then we would do uh the twizzler strings of spaghetti 
Not all the time, but I'm saying. Wow. This, <laughs> did you know this? I did not know this. It was epic, dude. Candy dinners, hot take, are a fun activity for kids. But what Sean has done that I've gleaned and has just slowly morphed me into <laughs> someone who eats healthier is like it's just a lifestyle. Like to her point of just leading by example, she goes to the grocery store and she'll buy healthier products. And initially it's like, why why are we eating the, the healthy granola instead of my cereal? It's like a hurdle that you jump and you get used to the tastes and then you start appreciating it mm-hmm. and your standards change. But it's like, it's more of like a lifestyle than, Hey, I'm trying to force this every single meal. So like, just go to the grocery, buy healthier mm-hmm. food. We use thrive market. Talk about it all the time. Uh, also just local grocery stores. You can find great options. And then also realize that balance and Sean does a great job at this is like paramount to we we have this diet that we're trying to adhere to and we're going to do everything we can and uh, stress out about this to the extent that we can keep this diet perfect. It's like, that's not what it's about. It's, Mm-mm. hey, let's just make a little bit of progress today. Let's do that. I also think I have two more thoughts. Um, one, moderation is very, very healthy. So moderation is very healthy. You can have a chocolate chip cookie. You can have four chocolate chip cookies. You can go to McDonald's and have a McFlurry or go to McDonald's for breakfast. But should you do that every single day? Probably not. Like, I think leading by example and teaching your children and your family that we eat healthy and we can still have fun and we can still have birthday cake and we can still do all of these things. It's just we shouldn't live off of it. The second thing is this is more to parents. This is 100% to parents than anything. You cannot teach your child something that you don't do. Mm. You can't. You absolutely can't. Your child will not understand that. And your child will grow up to have to figure that out themselves. If you want your child to exercise and to eat healthy or to not, we want to go down that road, to not smoke, to not drink excessively, to whatever it is, you can't just teach them, oh, mommy does it, but you can't. That's not okay. It doesn't work that way. Kids learn by leading. And so you have to, you have to show them. With anything indulging, like with treats or entertainment, even movies, Sean and I try to make it as intentional as possible. So like my grandpa used to say, a treat's not a treat if you have it every day. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, to her point about eating milkshakes, we, we do that but it's like a fun event. It's like a special thing where we'll be intentional about it. Be like, Hey, every Sunday we're going to, we're going to have a uh, pizza night. And then we save pizza for that night because it's like something to build excitement mm-hmm. for, and it makes it more special. Mm-hmm. Today's episode is brought to you by athletic greens. We love this company so much and the products that they make that we said, you know what? I want to invest in this company. They thought we were crazy, but then they actually let us. Yeah. And why do we love the company so much? Because it's such a high quality product. I have had so many people ask me, if I were to take one supplement, just one, to improve my life, what would it be? And we always tell them AG1. Because with just one scoop of their greens powder, you can get 75, yes, 75, high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. We all have massive nutritional gaps in our diet. It's natural. It happens. I like chocolate chip cookies and I don't eat enough broccoli. 
And this <laughs> can truly help you. And, and not only is it healthy and convenient, it's priced at an amazing rate. It's less than $3 a day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash eastfam. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash eastfam to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We'll also link it down below. Let's get back to it. Moving on. How to make and cultivate friendships as an adult. We just interviewed Jenny Allen, yeah. who wrote a book all about this. And she said you have to be intentional. You have to make time for it and mm -hmm. like write it into your schedule, which sounds crazy. But make it like once a month you and your husband or your spouse is going to like go do something fun and try to meet someone new. Caroline, I'm curious to get your get Caroline just moved to Nashville and she's been a, a great example of how to make friends, but she's an adult. And I feel like one thing that she's done is just done stuff where yeah. she'll go to happy hour with her neighbors or she'll uh, walk dogs or ride bikes. It's like, I'm a big fan of just diving in and doing activities mm -hmm. and you'll meet people. If you're doing, if you love mountain biking and you join a mountain bike group, you're probably going to meet some people that you vibe with. Because mm -hmm. you have shared interests. So start there. That's where a church is so great too. Yeah. Shared interests. This next one's interesting. Also, one last thing. Okay. I still do this as a 30-year-old man. I'll just say to people, hey, I want to be friends. Yeah. Do you want to be <laughs> you friends? Do. You do. And people think it's That's funny, cute. but I'm being serious and it's like a good <laughs> icebreaker. So there you go. Um, next category. Interesting. How to be a less judgmental parent. Wow. Go for it. We should work on being judgmental at all. And you should never judge your kids. So your kids are their own humans. They are not you. They are not manifestations of what you want them to be. They are not little humans that are going to follow a playbook that you write out for them. They're not. They're their own people. And to be less judgmental, you need to celebrate who they are and let them just be their own their own person. I think uh, the way I've heard it described is parenting is like this treasure. Uh, what do you call it? It's like a treasure hunt where you're trying to figure out who your kid is. And obviously there's going to be like Sean and I love sports. And so the things that we get excited about are sports. And so our kids see that and probably want to do more sports because, but we try to be aware of that. And it's like, as far as interest goes, whatever, we're going to try to lay the foundation to, set this kid up for success and like a healthy life and fulfilling friendships and purpose. But at the end of the day, it's kind of fun to see how it all pans out. So, mm -hmm. you know, sit back and enjoy the ride. Obviously, obviously you have a role in that, but for sure, like but your role is not to judge. You and I kind of like, I'm, I'm more of a hardline parent a little bit where I'm like, I'm not going to let you do X, Y, Z, you know? but not judging. You got to draw the lines. You know? I think we're on the same exact page I there. Agree. All right. I think we're <clears throat> not going to teach our kid it's okay to hurt people. Yeah. Or X, Y, and Z. But I don't think we get to judge their interests, their hobbies, and their, their passions. I appreciate this question. And obviously I think you and I need to like sit down and figure out how we're going to navigate that one. I think we're on the same exact yes. page. Okay, mamas, ladies, 
After having three babies, I never thought I would wear an underwire bra again until I found Skims. So right before I had Bear, Skims sent me a couple of maternity bras. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wear maternity bras. They're so uncomfortable. They're not for me. I tried them on. They are the most supportive, most amazing, only maternity bra I have worn this entire pregnancy. On top of that, the material is so soft and the straps are adjustable for maximum comfort. And it fits every woman out there. They have a million sizes to choose from. My favorite Skims bra ever is the, quote, fits everybody t-shirt bra. And it's literally the best t-shirt bra I have ever worn. It's seamless, flawless, perfect. You're going to love it. If you're a fan of no underwire, the products I would highly recommend are the wireless form t-shirt bra and the no-show unlined demi bra. I like the color sand because you can't see it through white t-shirts, which is the color I usually go with, but they have a color for everybody. Whether you're pregnant, postpartum, nursing, or none of the above, and you just want a good bra, go to Skims. They've got one for everyone. Shop Skims bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes, 30A all the way to 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select couple things in the drop down menu that follows skims.com how to okay next one how to mentally prep myself and my two-year-old for baby number two. Oh, you got this dude zero yeah. to one was way harder yeah in our experience uh our pediatrician is actually the one who kind of prepped us for it he said talk to your two-year-old a lot and talk to your two-year-old as if it's their baby so it's not mommy and daddy are having another baby and it's not Mommy and daddy are going to bring another baby home for us or whatever. <clears throat> Make it your kids. Make it your two-year-olds. It's your baby brother. It's your baby sister. It's your baby, you know, it's... Make it, like, an exciting um, moment for them more than anything else. We also brought a present home for Drew from the hospital. Is that right? From the from, baby. From Jet. And then yeah. anybody that came to meet the baby at the house... Obviously, there's going to be like family and friends and everyone's so excited to meet the baby and the two-year-old can feel left out. So we always included Drew by saying, by like having her be the gatekeeper where yes. it's like, hey, Drew, can Uncle Sam uh, meet baby Jet? And then that way she feels special yeah. and like takes ownership. And it's always like, like if a friend would come over and say, can I see Jet? It'd be like, oh, you have to ask Drew. Yeah, That's yeah. Drew's baby. And fun. so they'd be like, Drew, can I meet Jet? And Drew would kind of take him over and... Yeah, truly let let the two-year-old be almost in possession, which sounds weird. Yeah, it's fun. All right, next question. How to create vision for your family. We've been blessed to have mentors who have helped us with that, with this. We did a whole episode on goal setting, which you can listen to. It's like 45 minutes or an hour of what Sean and I do on an annual basis. I think this is so important. And this is, at least for how Sean and I operate, one of the more exciting things that we do. And for us to have this shared vision for what we're building, like we work together, we parent together, we're, we're best friends, we're, we, we're married, we're like, work out together. We do literally all married? of life together. <laughs> we do all of life together. And so for us to like sit down and set a vision is not only important because it gets us on the same page of where we're going, but it's also fun. It's like, wow, we can dream together. And that process for us has been like so special and unlocks just all these conversations about, oh, you know, I'm not, I don't feel that way. And it's because 
this hurt me this past year, whatever. It's just like, it's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dreaming is, is vulnerable. So you can listen to that, but we break it down into like sections and we, we dream and uh, cast visions about each of that. But yeah, I was gonna say something we talked about in our goal setting and vision setting podcast, which you guys should listen to um, is you so easily can get wrapped up in life, just kind of moving day by day, year by year down a path that you never planned for. And I think something Andrew and I have tried to do as a family is have check-ins quarterly, annually, whatever it is, to make sure that every decision we're making on a daily basis leads us in the direction we want to go. And I'm not even saying you're going to go down a path that you don't like. It just might not be what you dreamt of. Mm. And it's so easy to say yes to this and no to that and it not align with the vision you want. And I think if you have those reminders and those check-ins and you stay very vocal about it to your spouse, you can keep your family going down the path that you want. There's a book uh, called Visioneering that I would recommend reading. He says that everywhere, everyone gets somewhere in life. Some people get there on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like that concept just really shook me where I was like, man, missing out if we're not doing this on purpose or intentionally, then what are we doing? So read that book, listen to the podcast episode and, um, and dream. It's fun. Okay. Next topic. How do you know you're actually ready to have kids and how to ask your partner who <clears throat> isn't ready? So you both have to be ready to start. I'm a firm believer in that and to start trying or to have a kid. And honestly, that is what it means to be a team is you have to work together to make sure you're on the same track. Um, Andrew and I struggled with that with like our miscarriage because we would kind of go back and forth on who was ready at certain times and who wasn't. We would kind of flip back and forth. And you just kind of have to wait for that time when you both are. And that's just through communication. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like, hey, I'm ready to have kids. We're doing it. It's being up for entering into the adventure. Mm-hmm. And so just make sure you're both on that same page because you don't know. Like when you start trying, it could take, we've had friends that it took five years. It took us three. Um, and it's a wild adventure. It's like you're entering this game where you have no control and it's continually humbling from the beginning to the end where pregnancy is crazy. There's so many things that can happen and parenting is the same way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, we're at a spot where we're strong enough together as a couple to take on these new variables. But you got this. There's a lot of ways to live a fun and fulfilling life. And having kids is certainly one of them. It so is. If you're entering that journey, good luck. Okay. We're going to rapid fire the last four because they're heavy hitters and we could talk about them for hours. You okay. ready for this? Yes. <clears throat> How to feel like you still have purpose as a mother. I would say this. You can lose your identity and you can lose your identity for a while as a mom. You have to be intentional, you have to ask for help, and you have to do stuff for yourself. As a mom, you do everything you can to sacrifice your life for your kids and your family, but you have to remember that in order to be the best mother you could be, you also have to um, protect who you are and give yourself some time. Mm. How How to tell if your spouse, sorry, how to tell your spouse if you have a complaint about their parents? Whoa, okay. I think truth, sorry, full of grace with a dose of truth. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a good way to approach it. Don't, don't f- make it feel like you're attacking the parents. That never goes well. Uh, try to handle the issue together 
and not individually. And then um, one thing that our marriage counselor said to us was, you know, things can get complicated. And if you're, if your parents don't like your spouse or there's conflict, you're always taking your spouse's side. That's the right way to do it. You're not like yes manning your parents of like, if, if my parents come to me and like, Hey, Sean's so annoying. And I can't believe she does this Excuse me. is, it is so wrong of me to be like, yeah, I know she is. It's like, cause that just festers the problem. It grows mm-hmm. the problem. You're taking the side of when they come to you and say, Sean's so annoying. It's like, no, I love her. She's my wife. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we are growing together. So do it together as a team. Next up. How to maintain body positivity as a mom and someone in their 30s or 40s. I don't look like I did in my 20s. Bodies change over time as they should. And being a mom changes your body. I think you have to understand and accept the changes that come with the miracle of life. And think about yourself this way. If you had a daughter, what would you teach her to think about her body? I think that's what I have to remind myself the most of is to give yourself grace. And I would want my, I would want Drew to love herself no matter what. So again, you can't teach what you don't act on. So I have to act on that. I got thoughts on aging. It's like, (laughs) what, why, why is everyone trying to stay looking young? I think it's fun to like get old and wrinkly together. That's part of it, dude. It is. What are we doing? It's going to happen. And then we're going to be dead. That's kind of what happens. It's like you get, you look good for a little bit, then you get old and wrinkly, and then you die. Okay. Bada bing. Last one. Just, don't, don't. On that note, Andrew, how to live life to the fullest. What do you do to make the most of every single day? Oh, dude, I love this question give too. Me, give me your best. I freaking love it. One line. <sighs> This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Every day is a that? blessing. That's Don't how take it, it for granted. That's how I start each and every day. Are you done? I'm done. I start every day like that. That was my mic drop. Um, I read every morning. It gets me pumped. And it's just like when you wake up grateful and excited. And I know... Some people don't like their job or they're in stressful situations and like families, whatever, it can be stressful, but there's always going to be something good going on. So look at that and let that control your thoughts. Like so cheesy, but control what you can control. And the one thing you can always control is your attitude, right? Mm -hmm. So just recognize the good. Um, That doesn't mean there's not going to be conflict, but you have something something to be grateful for. I'm, a, I'm just a big believer that everyone listening literally is put here to, to change the world. They have a story mm-hmm. or an experience that no one else has, and they could share that to reach others and impact people. So, like, are you doing that? Are you doing that? That's my question. Just get pumped up about it. Like, it's it's crazy. When I you, love your passion. Can I keep talking or you no, want me to shut I'm it down? I'm cutting You're you shutting off. me down? Yes. I'm going to do a whole redirected podcast episode on this because. You should purpose is important anyway we'll leave it there uh thank you for those questions instagram hope that was somewhat helpful yes probably the airplane was the most tangible advice yeah we got lists on lists (laughs) uh check the description down below if you haven't yet please subscribe thank you for listening i am sean and i'm andrew and we are the east fam